weeks, we're going to deviate from preaching the same text that we study in Sunday school, and we're going to move toward a, a separate preaching series that's tied to um, a book by Dane Ortland, uh, and the name of that book is Gentle and Lowly. And we'll have copies for all of the folks that want to read that book uh, next Sunday. We'll give them out. Um, so, and I'll start that, that series next, next week. Um, Gentle and Lowly is a book that uh, seeks to expound upon the one, the one text uh, in Matthew 11. It's, it's really the one verse where Jesus describes himself. And it's not a physical characterization. We actually have, of course, we have no idea what Jesus actually looked like physically. But it's a character, um, it's a heart uh, description of who Jesus is. And he says, I am, I am gentle and I am lowly. And so we're going to spend 10 weeks unpacking that phrase over 10 different passages of what it, what it means for Jesus to be gentle and lowly and what the implications are for all of us. I'm I'm excited about breaking down those texts um, uh, and with you. So we'll, we'll get there. So what I wanted to do today is um, is set set the, the the groundwork for just what lowliness really means biblically speaking. So we'll get specifically to what Jesus meant about Himself being lowly. Okay, we'll we'll get there next week and we'll and and for, for weeks on end. Um, but, but this, this Sunday, I wanted to, to go to two or three different texts and, and understand what, what lowliness kind of is in a biblical theology kind of way. Like, so we're going to kind of explore that theme. Um, and, um, and, but, but we're going to be thinking more about us and, and what it means for us to be lowly, what it means for us to be humble, what it means for us to be meek. Um, and, and, of course, the implication is that all that is because of that's who Jesus is, um, which we'll see over the time. So we're going to be in Matthew 5, 5. I, I, I told, told you, Ken, 5, 3. Sorry, I meant 5, 5, the third beatitude. Um, and then we'll, we'll break down some other texts. So if you'll stand with me, um, let's read um, Matthew 5, 1 through 5 together. When, when he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him, and then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be you may be seated. Good job, bud. Uh, so my my Christian Standard Bible, um, the CSB says in verse five says, "Blessed are the humble." But most translations have this word, "meek." Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And Humble is a more common a common word. You know, we, we kind of use that word more. Meek is, is not really a word that we that use a, a lot. Um, and it's certainly not a word that you would use to describe somebody who inherits all things. Right? Inherit the earth. If you if you think about like what it means to like gain all power, gain all influence, to reign, to have total control and absolute sovereignty and authority over all things, um, I would put my money on uh, lawyers, 
I would put my money on cockroaches. Um, I would put my money on something else other than those who are meek. Um, but here we have in this text Jesus sitting you know, on a hill with his disciples and maybe others gathered around listening saying, Blessed are the meek, whatever that means, for they will inherit the earth. They inherit the earth. Um, so as, as we approach this idea of, of meekness and what this gets to, I, I want to lay some context in the Sermon on the Mount, and then we're going to jump around to a couple other texts because Jesus is, is reflecting on a psalm, Psalm 37, then somewhat, and, and then this is actually illustrated for us in, in uh, Numbers 12. So we'll, we're going to kind of be all over the, over the place here. So if you're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, um, there's a logical sequence to the Beatitudes here. They aren't random, disconnected proverbs. They are actually um, in a relationship with one another. And so, blessed are the humble or the meek in verse 5 is actually related to those who mourn and those who are are poor in spirit, um, those that come before it. So, um, so there's the relationship. So blessed are the poor in spirit, verse, verse 3, right? Um, this is someone who has come to the end of himself or the end of herself that you just kind of realize like there's got to be more to the meaning of this world than what I make it, that I'm not the center of the, of the universe, um, that I'm, I'm not the end all and be all of human beings. Um, and that's very deflating. That's very emptying of one's self, um, and so that's what Jesus is getting at in verse 3. You are blessed if you come to the end of, if you realize that you are not the man and that you are not the woman, right? Um, you're actually blessed because that's the first step toward becoming and understanding uh, who Jesus is, that he is, the, he is the man and that he is all that there is. Um, and, and, and therefore his kingdom can be your own. But when you realize that, that's a, that's a breaking point for us. And it leads us to mourn, hence verse 4, blessed are those who mourn. But when we do come to the end of ourselves and understand that we're not the end all and be all, that we mourn the loss of ourselves, we are then comforted with the person of Jesus. And therefore we are blessed when we mourn because he is the one who comes in and, and comforts us. So... Um, so there's this logical sequence there that we're coming up to um, that, that verse 3 and 4 lay. So the first beatitude, right? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. It asks us to realize our own weakness, our own inabilities, which leads us in turn to this place where we realize that we are sinful and we, 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 that we're wretched, if you will, um, and we and we're we're just kind of broken, but we're but we're comforted by the gospel. But then there's a pivot. Okay, there's a, there's a there's a there's a turn, or an escalation, a little change when it comes to verse five. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the are the humble. Because the first two beatitudes have put us in this place where it's about us. It's about our own weaknesses, about our own inability. But now we have this word humble. We have this word meek. And, and humility and meekness and all the, 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 the gentleness, the lowliness that we're going to study so much, when it comes to how that's manifested itself in us and our lives, 
Humbleness and meekness is a way of describing what it's like living in relationship. This is really important. What it's like to live in relationship with other people when you know you are not the man. When you are, when you are poor in spirit and when the gospel is comforting you, and it, then the way that you relate to other people is called meekness. Meekness is the quality of a Christian. It is the characteristic of, of a believer, of a follower of Jesus. I can see my own helplessness, that's poor in spirit. I can see my sin, that's those who mourn. But it is much more difficult to allow other people to see and say those things about me. To live in relationship with other people like the first two Beatitudes are true. I would rather condemn myself than have anybody else question me or condemn me. But now, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, the reality of my poverty of spirit that's real to me, the reality of my mourning because I understand my sin, now I've got to live that out in relationship to other people, and that's called meekness. Now, what did Adam and Eve do when they realized that they were sinful? They retreated. They got away from God. They got away from each other. They, they were defensive. They blamed. They distracted from their behavior so that they didn't have to deal with any of their issues. And that is very descriptive of all of us if we don't believe in the gospel and follow Jesus. Like you, you, when we are confronted in our relationships with other people with our fallenness with our shortcomingness, do you not feel the temptation to justify yourself? Do you not feel the temptation to defend yourself or to blame somebody else for all of your shortcomings? That is exactly what I mean. That is a part of what it means to be, to be a fallen, simple human. But the, when we believe and trust in Jesus' righteousness is not our own, that then transforms us to live humbly, meekly, lowly in relationship with other people instead of defensive, retreating, and blaming. It's a huge difference. The, the gospel response is meekness. It's meekness. It's humility. So you say, well, okay, what's meekness? Jesus hasn't defined meekness. Okay, what it is? Okay, turn your Bible to Psalm 37. Go back to Psalm 37. Because there's, there's a sense in which Jesus is quoting Psalm 37, verse 11. So Matthew 5, 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Psalm 37, 11 says, The meek will inherit the earth. They will inherit the land. So if we open up all of, you know, most of Psalm 37, we get a definition for what it looks like in everyday life for us to be meek, for us to be lowly, for us to be humble. Okay, so I want you to look at Psalm, Psalm 37 with me. Let's look at verses 1 through 8. Okay, 1 through 8. Here we go. Do not be agitated by evildoers. By the way, let me, let me just say this. This is hugely applicable to, this, to our world right now. I, I cannot think, I was, I was working through, I was like, I cannot believe how appropriate this text is when it comes to my Facebook feed. Okay? Pay attention. Do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong. 
For they wither quickly like grass and they wilt like tender green plants. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in Him and He will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for Him. Do not be agitated by one who prospers in His way, by the person who carries out evil plans. Refrain from anger. Give up your rage. Do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. Okay, so if you take this, these, these verses 1 through 8, and, and we're looking for a definition of meekness. There are two characteristics in this passage, okay? And here they are. Number one, those who are meek are people who do not get agitated over the prosperity of people who stand for things that are contrary to the kingdom of God. But Rob, Twitter exists for me to be agitated with the prosperity of the people who are not for the kingdom of God. Meek and lowly people are not agitated over the prosperity of people who stand for things contrary to the people of God. Didn't say you weren't broken. Didn't say you weren't hurt. I didn't say you weren't sad. I said you don't fret. You were not agitated. Meek, lowly, humble people know their families and their work and their life. We're talking about this about creation. About are there all of those things are in the sovereign hands of God. We have patience because we can sit quietly and see that God's power and goodness are going to work things out. While there may be temporary disappointment when setbacks and obstacles arise, this disappointment does not give way. There is no bitterness. There is no fretfulness. There is no anger. There is no agitation. This doesn't mean that we're lazy. It doesn't mean that we're servile. It doesn't mean that we're spineless. We're just not you see it on my face. Like there's not really a one word I can find. We're not frenetic. We're not worked up in a frenzy. We're not, you know, what are we going to do? We got to fight them. We got to do all this stuff. We got to fight them. You know, we're just not worked up. We're not. There's a, there's a steady calm that comes from knowing that God is gracious and he is sovereign. Even when people who stand contrary to the kingdom of God are prospering again and again and again, they're not going to win, gang. They're not going to win. Whatever is happening, God is allowing in His sovereignty or even orchestrating in His sovereignty to happen. Ask King Nebuchadnezzar. He will tell you all about it as an instrument in the hand of God. And he realized it after it cost him his sanity. So that's, that's what meekness means in part. 
there's, there's never a reason to conclude. Look at all the circumstances. Add them up. You will never conclude reasonably that the kingdom of God is going to lose. It's just not true. So when Jesus says, blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, what he's saying is in part, blessed are those who do not get agitated when people who live contrary to the values of the kingdom of God, when they prosper, don't lose your cool. It's all good. It's all good. The second thing we see is in verses 3 through 6. Okay, People who are lowly, people who are humble, people who are meek, are people who commit their way to the way of the Lord. Look at verses 3 through 6. Trust in the Lord, do good. Do what is good. Dwell in this land. Live securely. Take delight in the Lord. He will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. He will act. Making your righteousness shine like the dawn. Your, your justice like the noonday sun. Right? Verse 3. Trust in the Lord. Hebrew word trust literally means to fall. That's why we do demonstrations and illustrations with trust falls. Right? It um, it means to completely give oneself to the realities of the situation and admit that you have absolutely no control over what it is that you're doing. Just fall into Him. Completely fall into Him. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. That The Hebrew word here means to roll with it. Just roll with it. That's literally what that means. That's the Hebrew way of saying to roll with it. So our if you've had little children, you've had this moment where like they're really sitting up for the first time on the floor, you know, and they, they sit up and they, we would, I remember doing this with Trey and Jonathan and Abby and Luke, we would sit on the floor, like a good hard concrete floor like this or carpet, and we'd sit down, we'd, you know, spread our legs into a V-shape and we have a ball. And the goal is just to roll it back and forth, right? Just to roll it back and forth. If he can catch it or she can catch it and then roll it back to me, like that's the win. Just, you know, back and forth. Here's the thing. When you play this game with the Lord, the moment you give him the ball, he doesn't roll it back. He's not giving it back to you so you can do something with it. He's keeping the ball. So you just go with him. You go with what he's doing. You roll with, with him. That's what it means. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He's got the ball. Roll with it. Give yourself entirely. That's what meek people do. That's what lowly people do. Agitated, aggressive, untrusting, I'm in charge people is the opposite of gospel people. I'm not talking about your personality. If you're a challenger or a performer, it's not, not, not about that. It's about posture. It's about character. It's about mindset. It's about mentality. Trust, commit. Meek people fall onto God, rolling their life up into Him. Meek people understand that they are insufficient to handle all the complexities and the pressures and the obstacles of life, and they trust that God is able and willing to sustain them and protect them. This is incredible. And so here's Jesus in Matthew 5, teaching in the Sermon on the Mount from Psalm 37. So what does it mean, blessed are those who meek? Wait. Blessed are those whose lives, it's the two things, reflect the fact that they trust God. Their lives reflect the fact that they trust God. They commit the totality of their lives to Him. I'm not in charge of my life. You are. You're way better at my life than I am. You gave it to me to begin with. It's not like it's mine. 
And I'm not going to fret when, it doesn't, when the world is not going in such a way. I'm not going to be agitated when the world is not going in such a way that, that shows you are king. I know you're king even when it doesn't look like you're king. How do I know that? That's the cross. The most heinous, evil, unjust act that's ever been committed in the history of time was the most sovereignly orchestrated, loving, gracious thing in the history of time. That's when you know, guys. That's when you know. Okay. But that's forward thinking from Jesus' point in time when he's giving this sermon. Let's go backward to Numbers 12. We're going to spend 10 weeks on the forward part. Okay. Go back in your Bible to Numbers chapter 12. We're going to look at Moses. I, love, I just love this. Oh, I love this story. I get chill bumps. I've got, there they are. Chicken skin. Boop. I love this so much. It's such a great leadership lesson. It's such a great life lesson. Numbers 12. Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses. After all they've been through. Good Lord. Because of the Cushite woman that he married. For he had married a Cushite woman. And you all know what they say about Cushites. I don't even know what that means. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to set the stage for you. There's some, there's some racism and religious stuff going on. And here it is. And they said, does the Lord speak only through Moses? Does he not also speak through us? And the Lord, what does that sound like? Agitation, envy, frustration. Things aren't, from our perspective, God, Moses, a Hebrew, and being raised as an Egyptian, which we won't talk about that, Lord, but, you know, in that, and now he's married this Cushite woman who's not like, and she's just not jihad with the way us Hebrews like to think, you know, does the Lord, they're agitated. There's no, there's no meekness here. There's no lowliness. There is fretfulness. And the Lord heard it. Moses was a very humble, meek man. Oh, listen to this. More so than anyone on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, you three come out of the tent of meeting. And so the three of them went out. Now, if you read on through the rest of the passage, what you would find is that the Lord rebukes Miriam and Aaron, and he vindicates Moses in this situation. But what's relevant and what's fascinating is this verse 3, this, this commentary in the narrative. It's, it's, it stands out, right? I mean, because if you kept reading the whole passage, it's the only verse in where the, the, the narrator which may or may not have been you know, Moses himself, interjects this phrase, Moses was a very humble man, more so than anyone on the face of the earth. There's this interjection of commentary about Moses' character in the story. So in between describing a situation where there's bitterness, fretfulness, agitation, hostility, opposition, and God working to vindicate somebody who is accused, there's this description of Moses as 
meek. And when we, when we pay attention to that, we see what meekness, what humility, what lowliness really looks like in this life. So look, go back to verse 5, chapter 5, verse 5. Meekness is the point. Humility, lowliness is the point where we begin to relate to other people. That's where it shows. You don't talk about humility outside of talking about how somebody is relating to the world and the people in this world. It is the point where we live honestly before God and honestly before men at the same time. That's what it is. And here's Moses' example. Where, where others see him, very close to him, this is family. Where they, they come together, they, they see him. And they speak into him about something that they think he's done wrong. Moses' response is not, oh yeah? It's not, where do you get off? It is, I'm just going to have to let the Lord deal with this. And that is beautiful gospel reaction. Just where you would expect the Bible to tell us that Moses said this to justify himself before Miriam and Aaron, the text says that he was meek. Moses never says a word in this story. He doesn't fret. He doesn't hide. He doesn't run. He's not defensive. He's not revengeful. He waits and trusts the Lord for his defense. Moses knows what is true. And he doesn't feel the need to justify himself or explain the truth before those attacks. Very personal, very intimate, coming from family attacks. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are the lowly. Blessed are the lives of people who do not get agitated but they trust God, they commit their totality of their lives to God, and they don't fret, like Moses, when it appears that the way of God is not going forward. Blessed are those who have the power to absorb adversity, the power to absorb criticism without lashing back. Blessed are those who have the right attitude about themselves and they express that attitude in their relationship with other people. They do not assert themselves. Bless that person. Blessed is the person who does not demand his rights and his privileges. Did you hear what I just said? Blessed is the person who does not demand her rights or her privileges. Blessed is the person who is not always watching out for his self-interest. Blessed is the person who never pities himself, feels sorry for himself, says to himself, I'm having such a hard time. How unkind all these people are to me. Or, I'm so wonderful if only other people would just give me a chance so they could see it. Instead, it's blessed is the person who is amazed that God and man can think of him as well as they even do and treat him well. I can't believe that people do this. That's meekness. That's lowliness. That's mildness. That's gentleness. And when you, when you have that, you are free from the need to revenge. You are free from the need to retaliate. You are patient with people. You are 
really identifying with people when they suffer unjustly. You're ready to listen. You're ready to learn. I'm thinking about a conversation with my wife yesterday where I was none of those things. I don't know if you have those moments. Blessed are the people who have a poor idea of themselves and their capabilities and are ready to listen to others. You, teachableness. How many, I'm trying to give you synonyms like to understand it and look for it and identify it and pursue it. Leave everything. Leave your rights. Leave your causes. Leave your future in the hands of God. Blessed are the meek. And that's what meekness looks like. And if you will pursue it, you will inherit the earth. Inherit means it will be given to you the earth as a reigning citizen of the kingdom of God when he returns on a white horse, like we read in Revelation 19 through 22 these last two weeks. What an incredible promise of Jesus to give strength to people who need to embrace a trait that looks like weakness. See? It, meekness has the, has the, has, can, can look like doormat. It can look like weakness. It can look like indifference. And so Jesus says the path to strength, the path to reign, the path to power, the path to justice, the path to control that you want and and have that, that you kind of get agitated for, the path to that is inheritance, me giving it to you by my own reign, and you're going to reign and you're going to live in that reality. That means meekness. That means lowliness. So the thing, lowliness is the thing that you've got to present because it puts your trust and your, and your commitment and your hope in my reign and your eventual reign with me in the new heaven and the new earth. So it looks weak. It looks weak, but it's actually strength. Did the cross change the world? You better believe it did. That's what's got to happen with our lives. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, the the world will tell you differently. The world will tell you differently. The world will tell you to think in terms of strength, and power, you know what? We, you know what's sad? This, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. Mm. Oh. We need to be careful. This is what I'm just saying. We need to be careful. We need to be less interested in a moral majority. We need to be less interested in putting people and ideas and institutions as the means to power over our over to bring about the kingdom of God. We need to be leaning on weakness. We need to be leaning, we need to become meek in order to see Jesus bring about his kingdom on this earth. We don't need to be putting our hope in anything else. Because the world will have us say 
you need to be strong. You need to be powerful. You need to have abilities. You need to have self-assurance. You need to be aggressive. You've got to go after. You've got to assert yourself. You've got to express yourself. You need a platform. That's what you need. You need a platform. You need lead generators. You need all of these things. And the more that you will organize and the more that you will manifest and the more that you will get these powers and your abilities, you will succeed. You will gather. You will gain. And Jesus says, blessed are the meek for they inherit the earth. It's a completely different worldview. Completely different. And it will radically change the way you do church. It will radically change the way that you approach your relationships with people. And, it, and if you will do it, you will radically change the world. That's, that's the, the more you make less of yourself, the more you will make of Jesus and the more he will change the world. Blessed are the meek, for they inherit the earth. So let's, let's, let's ask the Lord to do it because the Lord knows I'm not going to do it to myself. Lord, we are eager to be, are, are we? I mean, we need to be, Lord, blessed are the meek. It starts with recognizing that we have to come to the end of ourselves and that you are everything and we are nothing and how incredible it is that you actually made us and spoke us into existence, formed us by the dust, gave us life, that we quickly rejected and rebelled against. And yet in your love for us, you sent your son to live the life we could not live, pay the debt we could not pay, overcome death that we could not overcome so that what is true for him can now be true for us by grace through faith. And if that's true, and it is, we, if, if we confess it and believe it, one of the quick manifestations of this in our relationships is just it's meekness, it's humility, it's lowliness, it's gentleness. So for those of us who can be harsh and direct, for those of us who can be demanding and derisive, for those of us who can be sharp-tongued and, um, and quickly put out, by all those other people who aren't as good as we are. Lord, we repent and we ask for forgiveness. And then we ask that you would make us gentle, that you would make us low, that you would make us meek, that you'd make us patient, that you'd make us trusting, that you'd make us committed to a life that rolls with you and therefore does not get agitated, does not fret, does not get worked up whenever we see something else contrary to your goodness taking place in this world. That's our prayer, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.